This is The Space Shot, episode 362 for May 11th, 2018, STS-125, One Last Hubble Servicing Mission. I'm John Mulnix. At 2.01 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, on May 11, 2009, the shuttle Atlantis lifted off on the STS-125 mission to service the Hubble Space Telescope. The repairs and upgrades to this venerable space-based observatory have ensured Hubble's operation well past its last servicing date. The seven astronauts on this mission were Scott Altman, Gregory Johnson, Michael Good, Megan MacArthur, John Grunsfeld, Michael Massimino, and Andrew Drew Feustel. These astronauts would rendezvous with Hubble and perform five EVAs over the course of this mission. According to NASA, their activities included repairing and replacing science instruments, gyroscopes, star sensors, a science computer, batteries, and thermal blankets. The batteries on the Hubble Space Telescope were 16 years old at the time they were replaced, which is a staggering lifetime for a piece of hardware that simply isn't meant to last that long. If you're listening to this podcast on a smartphone, you've probably got some choice words for the battery life of your device, even if it's just a year or two old. Be thankful you're not hanging on to a battery for over a decade. Being able to launch a mission to repair Hubble wasn't a sure thing after the loss of the shuttle Columbia. The orbit that Atlantis or another orbiter would have to go to to rendezvous with Hubble meant that the crew couldn't use the International Space Station as a safe haven should something damage the shuttle during launch. After the event with Columbia, NASA Administrator Sean O'Keefe decided to cancel an upcoming Hubble Space Telescope servicing mission because it was too risky. That decision was extremely controversial, but after a few years of examining the mission, and with Michael Griffin assuming the position of NASA Administrator, the mission eventually moved forward. In order to be able to fly this mission, Endeavour was standing by on the launch pad to fly the STS-400 rescue mission should the need arise. STS-400 would have launched with four astronauts and rendezvoused with Atlantis just under 24 hours after lifting off. A dramatic grapple maneuver would have been used to capture the shuttles together. The crew would have then moved from Atlantis to Endeavour in a series of three EVAs, thereby rescuing the crew. Thankfully, this never happened, and we never needed the contingency STS-400 mission. Endeavour went on to launch the Kibo science module on its primary mission, which was STS-127. There were two science instruments installed during STS-125, the Wide Field Camera 3 and the Cosmic Origin Spectrograph. Wide Field Camera 3 can image in the near-infrared, visible, and UV spectra. The instrument has allowed astronomers to examine star formation and galaxies that are extremely far away. This instrument was a big upgrade from the Wide Field Camera 2. The newer instrument has a larger field of view and a higher resolution. The second instrument that was installed is the Cosmic Origins Spectrograph. According to HubbleSight.org, a website that's run by the Space Telescope Science Institute, quote, The Cosmic Origins Spectrograph doesn't produce the kind of images people associate with Hubble. Spectrographs are instruments that break light into colors and measure the intensity of each color, revealing information about the object emitting the light. 
The information they produce is typically plotted, creating zigzagging lines that scientists examine for clues about an object's temperature, density, velocity, chemical composition, and more. The cosmic origin spectrograph focuses exclusively on ultraviolet light and is the most sensitive ultraviolet spectrograph ever produced for space. Its installation improved the telescope's sensitivity at least 10 times in ultraviolet light and up to 70 times when looking at extremely faint objects. The scientific upgrades to Hubble over the life of the shuttle program have provided astronomers with even more tantalizing looks into the cosmos. Hubble originally launched on April 24, 1990, on the shuttle Discovery, which was the primary objective of the STS-31 mission. IMAX cameras were carried on board the shuttle for STS-31, as well as STS-125. Being able to capture the activities of these missions on a large film format helped record the crew's activities in a medium that's utterly captivating. There have been a lot of new listeners joining us lately, so do yourself a favor and check out episodes 201, 202, and 203. I go over the scientific capabilities of Hubble in greater detail in those episodes. As I've mentioned before, one of the facts about Hubble that blows me away is that the telescope has a pointing accuracy of .007 arc seconds. According to NASA, this is like being able to shine a laser beam focused on Franklin Delano Roosevelt's head on a dime roughly 200 miles away. I know a lot of you that listen to the podcast are outside of the United States, so for some perspective, a dime has a diameter of just under 18 millimeters, with FDR's head taking up about two-thirds of the front surface of that coin. This fifth and final servicing mission to Hubble marked the end of an era for spaceflight. STS-125 was the last shuttle mission to visit a destination other than the International Space Station. After the shuttles were retired, NASA also lost the ability to service the venerable space telescope. Over 28 years have passed since Hubble launched, and with the continued delays of the James Webb Space Telescope, Hubble remains one of the most powerful scientific instruments we have access to nearly three decades after launching. That's quite the legacy for a telescope that initially launched with a bad set of eyes, and a testament to what NASA can accomplish for human and robotic spaceflight. Tomorrow, Luna 5 impacts the moon, plus we catch up with some news. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook, just search The Space Shot, or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>